0: Hey, real quick, if you're a business owner that wants to stand out in the market and expand your customer base, I'd love to send you a copy of my free ebook. Visit our website at danielleclark.uk to get your copy now or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to Build Better Brands. I'm Danielle Clark, and this show is here to provide insights, techniques, and strategies to help you establish a better brand with confidence and clarity. We're on a mission to help as many people as possible start and build stronger brands so they can create happier, healthier lives for themselves and those around them. Welcome to another episode of Build Better Brands. Today, I am joined by Matt Fidesz. He's got the world's biggest brand in his sector, um, with a martial arts business valued at a hundred and twenty million. Um, he's been featured on Rich House Poor House, and was actually Michael Jackson's best friend for for many many years. And he knows all about how to build a brand, which is why he's here on the show today to talk to me about brand building. So, welcome to the show, Matt.
1: Excellent. What's the show about, Danielle?
0: Brand building
1: that's why it's called better brands thanks for having me i've been trying to make this happen for a while so happy to finally we got it to
0: work yeah likewise thank you so much for coming on um yeah so i i didn't know anything about you i'll be totally honest until i came along to um the the event with rob and jesson where we were talking about um multiple streams of business income and brand building and personal branding and I heard about your story and then I did some digging um after I met you and got a selfie and all that sort of stuff <laughs> and I found a tv clip of you featured on Rich House Portal House and also on This Morning and the This Morning clip for anyone that's not in the UK This Morning is a breakfast show basically that's a, that's aired um on you know, Monday to Friday on TV. And you were talking about um how you actually discovered your talent for self defense because you've been bullied at school. So I just want to talk about that really and how something quite traumatic of being bullied at school has has taken you to where you are now. Yeah.
1: Well that TV show, I think that's the one where I met the bully, wasn't
0: it? Wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it was,
1: yeah. I've been on there many times and and um yeah the bully the bullying was quite hard on me. I, mean, I was only really young like 5 to 7 or something. But that particular buddy, he gets he gets to blame for it all the time because he was the first one. But he was the famous one because he triggered if it wasn't for him my friend that sat next to me wouldn't say hey go and do martial arts so you can defend yourself and I wouldn't be where I am now. So, everyone thought I was going to knock him out on TV or something. <laughs> so, the first time we met in 32 years, we kept us in separate green rooms at the back, and the idea was to show and inspire everyone that you can move on and make friends and forgive. And um, it's called Anthony, and Anthony now is my anti-bully ambassador for my company. So it's quite interesting how it works. But yeah, it inspired me. I think everybody's built something. That's gone big. I've had painful childhoods. Most of my entrepreneur friends were teased at school, or bullied, or had some kind of trigger point. So for me, the bullying was the thing, and then not being good at school, being underconfident, wanting to achieve more, and being told, you know, good at anything. Then the only thing I was good at in my head was the martial arts. I could do all the kicks and do the splits already. And, and I knew, even then, that that's all I wanted to do somehow. There was no way anyone's there earned any money from it back then, but just knew I'm quite a strong believer in the law of attraction and stuff, so but every time my parents would switch me schools, because I was underconfident, I would attract bullies, and so he wasn't the only one, and I think bullying stays with you forever, Danny. even now. I get bullied every day, I get trolled on the internet, I get haters, and people gossip about me. It's just something you have to learn to live with. It's part of life. Jealousy, and yeah the More successful you get the more beliefs you get and it's just knowing that they're not really the haters that you lovers, is really
0: yeah okay I think it's amazing that you turn that around that that you took something that was obviously impacting you know is it, it when things happen to you as a child they, they stay with you and I think if you look at there's two ways you're gonna go you're either gonna let it destroy you or you're gonna take it and and build something and you've clearly done that and mm. I've been looking at the work you've been doing around anti-bullying as well now these anti-bullying campaigns that you've been involved in there was a recent launch of the noble campaign um yeah. which is is really good to see because you're 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 putting your money where your mouth is and you're demonstrating this broader commitment to trying to stamp out bullying beyond um the martial arts as well so um has this i suppose you could call it this kind of like social responsibility aspect now impacted your brand and how has it started to uh, draw support from customers and the community now now you're doing things like this
1: yeah well that was the thing because I. If it wasn't for the martial arts, I don't know. Someone asked me the other day, "What would I be doing now if I didn't find the martial arts?" And probably be a personal trainer somewhere or a lifeguard still getting by. But um, yeah, it was it was the trigger point, and for me, everything the school system doesn't teach, I provide like, like anti-bullying skills, stranger danger, fire safety, water safety, goal setting, persistence how to make money, How? To, what's good debt, what's bad debt. The school system do not provide that. So within my martial arts school, we have this life skills program. So that set me apart from everyone else. And that's what made me go on to build the world's big, biggest brand in my sector because I focused on developing, putting out an incredible service out there and no one else was doing. Everyone else just focused on how high you can kick and how hard you can punch. When I was focusing on what can I do for your child? with Charles being bullied. I've been there. Let's make him more confident, recognize the buddies, not get in a fight and get away from it. And I've attracted, been the go-to person for, for my organization has, for people with bullied kids and ADHD and autism. And, and uh, yeah, it's great. And, and giving back. And that Noble campaign, it's been huge for me. I mean, I um, collaborated with Jermaine Jackson, Michael Jackson's brother, our older brother. We toured the UK, went to schools, it was non-martial arts related. It was just I talk about my success and my experience, and he would talk about, oh, he had a rough time the young days before Jackson Five, and then we, we that went huge. But yeah, the anti building thing I'll always be passionate about because if it wasn't for that I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah, yeah. The public, the public really like it because I, I got no qualifications. I didn't got didn't do well at school, too. I failed everything, which I'm not mm. proud of. It just wasn't for me, but at the same time. It shows people they can be whatever they want to be as long as they as long as they study the greatest and make themselves better and believe in themselves and you're going to be okay you know and so I give back a lot and the more I give back the more I receive and you've got to lead by example there's too many fake it till they make it people in this industry, Danielle who are saying they've got a brand and they haven't they got a logo big difference
0: yeah, oh yeah, I mean, I hear that all the time. <laughs> You've Ooh, got a brand. No, you
1: you've got a logo.
0: Yeah.
1: It's this very it's two very different things. A brand is something that's been around, is trusted. You put the name in Google, and you've got pages and pages of social proof going back years. That's a brand. Person with a logo is someone that's just put together a flipping mastermind or not together a franchise and um, and then call themselves a brand. You put something in Google and there's nothing there, but they've got no social proof. So, so the definition for me is that a brand is people who don't want to mess around, who want to be in mainstream media properly, be in TV, be in the newspapers. So, Because people will choose you over somebody who's got no social proof underneath them whatsoever. So for me, I'm not interested in all this personal brand. I think it's a load of nonsense. Mm. Personal brand is for people who don't know how to build a brand. That's all yeah. it
0: is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a bit yeah. of a buzzword, but I think it's dying out now. It's going, yeah.
0: mm, okay.
1: who wants a personal brand when you can have a real brand? With me, I just have to post on Instagram the right way and it will end up in the tabloids and get me on TV the next day. That's mm. brand power. Mm. You know, personal brand is like, Oh, trying to get followers, trying to get followers. And it's not the way it works. It's uh, it's a concept that um, people don't know how to transition into and to, into building a brand. Okay. And, uh, That's what I'm real passionate about, because it drives me crazy. I see all these people just trying to... You're doing it the right way, right? You know how it works with brand building, but a lot of people think they could just use their social medias only and build out a podcast or membership site or business. and You can to an extent, but you're never going to be anything much... You're not going to be a Joe Rogan or... uh, No. There's got to
0: be... I say to people, there's got to be there's gotta be some substance behind what why you're doing it. There's gotta be a genuine reason beyond money that is driving you because otherwise it's just tactics and you're just doing it for all these people that I see on social media that are like, you know, get six figures in 30 days and, and you know, oh. all that sort of stuff. It's like, well, what is it that you're actually, it's just stuff. What is it that you, you're trying to change? In the world, what is it you actually want to do? And they've never
1: done it themselves, Danny. This is a strange thing. And it really gets on my nerves because it's... Like, even in my niche in the martial arts, you would think that people would do their due diligence before they buy, but they don't. So mm-hmm. there's a guy out there selling franchises. He's never made it. I he's, know, he's never made it in the martial arts world. But he's got the big building. He has the mastermind, one, two, three, four. And and he's portrays it with a nice car. And people think, oh, he's making a lot of money. Mm. Ask them for their flipping bank accounts. Ask them for their profit and loss for the last five years. That before you go and buy into someone's brand or buy a mastermind or buy a course, go and ask them for some social proof. Yeah. What have they done? But people yeah. don't. No, nice. They don't. They just part with their money. They just think Lamborghini. Okay, that's fine. You know, big building, big dojo. Oh, I must, must have thousands of members. Must be making a lot of money, and then they, here's twenty grand for the mastermind. They join the mastermind, not just the martial arts in all sectors, mm. and it's uh, it's a joke because people like me, who's been around for twenty seven years, right from the beginning of this sector, are looking and thinking, how do you sleep at night taking all these people's money? Yeah, and they know more. People who participate in these masterminds or franchises know more about running these businesses than the people that facilitate them.
0: Because <laughs> they're always
1: it, going, <laughs> it needs to be a regulated industry, yeah. It, it will be one day,
0: yeah. Maybe you can do it. You sound well, passionate you, enough. I know the events
1: you go to, yeah, people I hang around with, like Rob Moore and Jessen and
0: yeah,
1: Brian Pinnock and Paul Lamani, they're there. I know they're genuine, I see yeah. their figures, I know exactly what they're doing, I know how much they earn, and we're very transparent with each other. I only hang around with the ones I know who are real, not the fakies out there,
0: yeah. 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 Pick a niche
1: do this do this do this they call it the value ladder don't they which is yeah facebook group podcast and then you work your way up mastermind one two three retreat and then franchise oh then book
0: yeah
1: amazon not a real one amazon (laughs) make it a bestseller they have a system for that make it a bestseller within an hour basically just go and buy a few hundred an hour it's uh yeah, it's, it's not my thing. I like ethical no, business,
0: proper no. brands. That's what I'm into. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, integrity. Uh, I think. I think a lot of people don't don't say what say the you know say the real thing. Say what they're going to do. The the integrity isn't there, and it's it's you know obviously we all need money, and and it's it's good to to want money, and I don't think there's anything wrong in that, but. For me, integrity is more important and, um, you know, I'm one of those people that, I mean, I had a conversation with someone the other day, actually yesterday, they want, they were talking about content. Um, they've got a new business venture that's starting out and they wanted, they got referred to me to, for for some advice. And I said, don't go spend any money on getting a, a copywriter or someone to do your social media and content. What is your actual product? like what is it what's your offer why is what's what makes it different why should people care like look at the market is it like does the market need it like you need to look at that first don't and i said like don't don't spend your money don't give me any money don't give money to anyone else go and figure that out first and and just off the back of that we're now in a conversation about me you know helping them and consulting to help them figure out their strategy first which is where I think a lot of a lot of small businesses go wrong. But they get an idea, they do the website, they do the logo, and they're like, right, I'm ready.
1: Well, they think that um, they have this myth out there that when property values die, people go in hard and they get bargains and they make a fortune. So this whole thing that mainstream media is dying, yeah, it's dying because there's more channels, which means there's more opportunities. So... You should be on in newspapers, on TV. You should be on shows like you mentioned this morning and um, being in the the newspapers because I know people don't buy newspapers like they used to, like 20 million a day, but they still have an online version. So if you're in the print, you're on the online. So when your name's in Google, it'll always be appear. People believe what they read more so than just social media posts. If they see something on a tabloid or you on TV... You're credible. You're the leader in that niche. You need to be working the mainstream media now more than anything else. You want to build a brand. And that's what I've been very good at since I since I was 17. That's what yeah. made me mm. mainstream media and still does today. If I want to get on TV tomorrow, I can do it. If I want to be on the front page of a tabloid tomorrow, I can make it happen. Yeah. A few phone calls. It's all publicity stunts and tricks, yeah, contact sure. books and stuff like that. <laughs> But you can make it happen. And that's mm. what sticks your brand out, uh, away from everyone else. And if you get good at that, you become untouchable. You know, no. I mean, look at what Andrew Tate's worked that one out. He's worked that one out very well.
0: Yes, he has. <laughs> yeah. So and, uh... you opened your first, you talked about you were 16, 17 when you opened your first martial arts school, right? With just 100 quid.
1: Yeah. Well, it well, wasn't he. To open a bank account back then, you need £100 to open up a business bank account.
0: Right. So I
1: worked as a lifeguard for £2.75 an hour at North Devon Leisure Centre. That was bloody painful. (laughs) £2.75 an hour. (laughs) Ah, it's robbery, wasn't it? There's no minimum wage back then. Mm. And I had a bed sit £30 a week. And I actually got evicted for three bed sits. Couldn't afford it. And then the fourth one was when I started to make it and I ended up going to a rental property. But no, I opened up with £100, and um, yeah, now it's worth £120 million. But it's not been easy by any means. And yeah. I've had unusual twists and turns along the way and so on. But um, my parents were against it. My mum was a lawyer, and she's one of 14 children. They've all pretty much gone to university and graduated and so on. So they, they wanted me to go down that route. That was never going to happen. I was just too dumb for that. Not into academic stuff. My dad was from Get a Trade, he was an engineer. Right back to my great 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 grandparents. They all worked in the British Railways engineers build making trains or something like that. And then um then I come along and I want to kick my legs around for a living. I remember my granddad, he took me into his shed and he said, Matthew, you need to stop throwing your legs around in the air. you're never gonna make any money. Get a trade, be an electrician or something like that. That just motivates me more to prove them wrong. So my parents stopped speaking to me for a few years. So from sixteen till, like yeah, sixteen to eighteen, they, 18 and oh. a half, maybe they were really against me mm. what I was doing. That's why I lived in a bedsit with my girlfriend. And, okay. Yeah, and at the, the Christmas we had no money. They sent, they felt we're guilty for. Me. They sent us food hampers and stuff like that. They hoping I was going to turn back on this dream of what they called legalized violence. Is what my dad called it.
0: Oh gosh, they were really against it then. That yeah. must have that must have been tough. Oh, so totally against. My mum was a little bit more. She
1: was like, um, she she just she because she came from nothing, went on to be a solicitor. She with four children. She home studied. She, she used to say to me, "There's no such word as can You can be anything you want to be if you put your mind to it." So that used to stick in my head. But my dad, yeah, he was brutal against it absolutely brutal. But that just made me want to do it more. Mm. And then in the end, he ended up working for me. <laughs> and I used to say to him, that legalized violence, now it's paid off your mortgage. So,
0: <laughs> well, no, okay. it, was, um,
1: it was tough at first. I did the usual stuff like leaflets, posters, and the black and white ones, putting them up. I was very, I just knew I had to be, now we know, you, you, the whole goal to building a brand is getting as, many, as much eyeball, eyeballs on you as you possibly can, yeah. getting attention. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was always very good at that. Naturally. Visibility is credibility, for sure.
1: I was always good at that. So you mm. imagine this little town I was in, it's called place, place called Bronson, 10,000 people. And um, there was posters bloody everywhere. I had them everywhere. <laughs> I just knew. And I didn't just do A4 posters, I did A3. And they were everywhere. And then the other karate guys were taking them down. Then I'll be up the next day. I was delivering leaflets from five in the morning to 11 at night in all weathers. I just somehow knew... I had to be aggressive with my marketing if I was going to make this thing work. And, and I had to do something different. Mm. Because the way they did it back then was everyone pays per lesson, three pound. You put it in one of those ice cream containers. When you do press up, someone kicks you in the belly, it's the instructor don't talk, the arms folded, no music on the lessons. You you, um, you count in Korean, the martial arts Korean, Taekwondo. So you count, you'd kick and, and you call the names in Korean. And I just thought this is all ridiculous. We're English. We don't need to be doing Korean. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I I kind of broke the mold. And um, yeah, I just knew I just knew it was going to work. So at the time, I was making enough. I was, I was just about covering up our uh, good with, with the marketing. But the problem you had is when the sun came out, no one will come to lessons. You don't get paid anymore. That was the issue because of paying per class. And so I had enough just to support the final bed sit I was in. The other three we lost due to me trying to survive as a lifeguard. And um, what happened then is um, one of my friends come back from America and he said, Matt, you wouldn't believe what's going on in the States because they're always like 20 years ahead of us, especially back then because we never had the internet. And he said, there's martial arts multimillionaires everywhere. And we're quite passionate. We're old school. So we're like, oh, we don't want to cut our standards for money. And I remember calling him. He paid me. This was 97, 96.
0: No way. Pages, I remember those. <laughs>
1: so he paged me. He said, Matt, urge heard him call me. And I remember going from my bed sit to the red phone box opposite, ringing him. And they, he said his name's Lee. I said, Lee, what's up? He goes, let's come back from the States. You wouldn't believe what's going on. You need to get out there. There's a conference for martial arts business. And they're all multi-millionaire, over a 1,000 people. It's in San Francisco. So I believed in him. I knew him for a long time, trained with him, worked for him. So i saved enough money, my lifeguard money. And for the classes, I was charging three pounds a lesson. I was getting by on that. Flew out to the States. And then the guy who ran this organization about martial arts business, he was in his 80s. Multi, multi-millionaire. He had shares in the Marriott hotels and things. A guy called Nick Kakinas. And he was impressed with me because he heard there's a guy from England who's using his last money to buy a ticket to come over. And over there... They, they, they look for people like that who are ambitious and they pat you on the back. Over here, they freaking stab you in the back and want to bring you down. Yeah. But so he, he took me under his ring. He said, listen, Matt, full respect for you. He liked the fact I walked up to him. I said, Mr. Kikina, so my name's Matt from FedEx, I'm from England. And he said, I've heard about you. And he said, well, I'm glad you've come here. The fact that you've come to introduce yourself impresses me because most people be scared to approach me. And he said, uh, you've come this far. Let's make you go the five farthest you've ever been in your life and make you the most famous in the industry and the most money. Let's make an example of you. And he took me under his ring. And he told me for the next two weeks, go to this school, this school, and take notes, study everything. He couldn't guarantee me that everything's going to work in England. It's never been done before, but he said, try it. And um, come back, and I was the first person, one of the first out of three of us, to put people on what we now call direct debit, was then called stand and order. So the income was secured. So my two nights a week went from £3 a class, maybe £150 a night, to a firm five or £6,000 a month. And then I put an educational program in, put music on the lesson, stopped teaching in Korean, taught in English. I practiced what I preached. He said to me I had to represent what their parents wanted their kids to become. So back then we had role models like Eminem and people like that, the rapper. So if they looked at me, I was in good shape. I was... 17 I could do all the kicks I didn't have the big pot belly like all the instructors have <laughs> and I, I used to call people sir ma'am I still do and and parents will think I want my kid to end up like you when they're 17. so everyone think it wouldn't work but it just exploded and then um, the next the next stage was I wanted to have a big building like a full-time martial arts school and the nearest town was barnstable was about 30,000 people there bit more, that's the real town. And there's this building block available right in the middle of town. And it's on two floors. It's offices. So I walk into the, underneath is the estate agents, they're the landlords. I walk in and say, I want to let your building, because I can see the big sign. And he just laughed me out of the room, like, "What well, teaching cry? you've got no chance. Yeah. He said, are you going to pay your bills and pay me rent? But my mother was a conveyancing solicitor. So for those of you overseas, she's a real estate solicitor. So she had a good relationship with all the estate agents. So she knew the estate agents. So she called them up and said, "My, I think my son's on, on to something with um, this. He's doing well in his little village. I think he's on to something. Maybe give him a chance. Maybe give him six months free rent and see what he does with it. You know, who knows? So they, they she convinced them. They called me back in. And um, the other issue I had was I, was I was so young. I was 17. So I couldn't sign a lease. But my girlfriend was 19. So I... <laughs> <laughs> I changed her name to Fidesz by Depot. She signed the lease. <laughs>
0: Handy. <it. laughs>
1: yeah, she signed the lease. And then um, six months later, long story short, I had 700 members. I was making £80,000 a month for a £1,000 overhead, making a million pound a year.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: and I was able to tell my dad then, how's the legalised violence doing now, Dad? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, mum was proud of me. He came to all the events and stuff like that and stuff and things. And. Then I repeated it five times over, basically. Mm. And then I and then my life became in the media and it all went a bit wild.
0: Yes, well. of course yeah. it did, because you then um ended up becoming Michael Jackson's personal UK bodyguard. Um that must have had a significant impact on your brand recognition, of course. Um how was the association with such an iconic figure influence your business and how did that open doors and for future opportunities?
1: Yeah, it's every day. There's not a day that doesn't go past. Where I don't get asked about Michael. It's even 14 years now after he died, mm. but you learn, I had to have counseling after he died because he's such a big star. When you were his mate, I was his friend first before I was his bodyguard. And, mm. and um, we never had an exchange of money. I was already a millionaire before I met him. A lot of people think, oh, it's because of him. It's not. I, the, the, the way I met him is because a reporter came into my martial arts school who had children training there, worked out I was making a million pound a year. He knew I was bullied at school, had no qualifications. He wanted to do a story on me. So he did Bully Boy Become Millionaire story. Based, That was his idea. I did At the time, I just thought it was a local newspaper thing. And then um, he went away. Nothing happened for two or three days. I was on the front page of every tabloid in the UK. Wow. Daily mail everywhere. And then on the back of that, I was on all the morning shows, like Trisha and Kilroy and Esther Ramson, Richard and Judy. And it just so happened that Michael Jackson's best friend was watching, Yuri Geller. And Yuri wanted to meet me to produce an anti-bullying video for kids for school. He did, like, mind power and positive thinking to over- overcome negative situations and I was going to do self-defense moves and we're going to give it out to all the schools free of charge, VHS, get sponsors for it and so on and then yeah one one time three o'clock in the morning I had a phone call from Yuri Geller to say you've got to come to my house right now, if you don't come you're going to regret it for the rest of your life, wouldn't tell me why, I lived in Barnsville, he lived in Sonny on Thames outskirts of Red Inns about three and a half hours I said what am I going to say to my other half?
0: <laughs> Three o'clock up. in the morning, I've got to go, love. <laughs> can't
1: tell you where I'm going. Yeah. Anyway, we I had a bit of an argument with her. And he, I got in the car, I drove up to his house, and he's got this incredible, like a replica of the White House outside of, um, it's next to George Clooney's house in um, Sonnen, and the gates opened up, and there was nothing unusual. Just like a normal time, I'd go and see Yuri and, yeah, I get inside his house and um, this guy comes up to me and he says, uh, he bows to me because he's, he was already, I didn't know this, but he's already black, he said, I am Master Fidesz, that's what they call me in my name My name's Michael Jackson, I'm pleased to meet you. I'm thinking, I know who you are, what the <laughs> heck are you doing here? I thought it was one of those prank shows at first.
0: <laughs> Someone was going to come out with a camera. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, because a lot of that going on back then, mm. and I, I thought it was, um, you Yuri going to stitch me up with a prank show and then I thought. This, this is the real deal. This is this is real, you know. And it turned out Michael was best man at his wedding and they're close friends and we got on really well. And he wanted to meet me. He wanted to meet me because um I think Yuri wanted to put somebody who's already successful in his life because his circle of friends are very small. And he was a black belt. So the Jackson five were all made to train the martial arts by their dad, Joseph Jackson, because of their fame.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he wanted to go to second degree black belt. So he saw me as a way of getting there. And also in the back of his mind, I think he kind of thought, "Well, Matt's already a millionaire; he doesn't need anything from me." And Yuri knew he could trust me, and told him that. And he, you know, and um, yeah, we got on really well. And then as time went on, we were friends first, and then it started to become. I I could see that he was getting ripped off by security. His longtime bodyguards went, and he was getting charged hundred and fifty thousand a month plus the cars and stuff, and. I just said to him, Michael, you know, if, if you need me, cause whenever I went out with him anyway, people were mobbing. I'm six foot four. He's met me before. And yeah. back then I was like 19 stone a muscle. And he just I just helped. He's my mate. He's my friend. I'd protect him. I'd hold him tight, you know. And and in the end, the, the media would say, Matt's now Michael Jackson's bodyguard. Michael thought he was hilarious because <laughs> I wasn't being paid. And, and stuff. <laughs> I didn't care. He was just my buddy and I wanted to help him. And then over time, I just said, listen, I'd Whatever, well, just give me a call whenever you need me, America or out in the world. It's not just the UK is everywhere, and um, I'll be there. You know, we're with, with for you, and and he really took advantage of that. So, mm-hmm. and not just him is my brother-in-law, and um, members of my family, and so yeah, he's my friend. So it's was, it was, we had this like um, reciprocal relationship where I would help him, and he'd help me out. And he was a huge. Yeah, opening doors, there's no... I, I don't lie about it, Danny. I, there's no way I'd be where I am now if it wasn't for him.
0: Mm.
1: And Yuri Geller, too. Because the kind of people I was hanging around with at that age, I was 18, hanging around with the biggest stars, all billionaire people, Mohammed Al fayed and going for dinners with them. And, but the, the downside to it is no one really could relate to me. I mean, you try telling your friends what you did at the weekend, you know? What did you do, Matt? Oh, I hanged out with Britney Spears and Mohammed Al Fired, Daryl Hannah, David Blaine, Michael Jackson. You get they think you're crazy, yeah. So it wasn't until I started being seen in public with Michael that people thought it was a lookalike and stuff, <laughs> yeah. It was, wow. uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it did. It even now it, it opens doors, and I learned so much of him about branding. It was his idea for me to franchise, it was he made me do it, okay. I had five schools. I said, I can't get any bigger. He said, sure you can.
0: Mm.
1: I said, well, how? Because the next town is 45 miles away. And he said, well, if I can sell an, an album all around the world, and be the biggest selling through a thriller. Then from a poor town in Gary, Indiana, with all the racism and everything else, here, but you can you can figure this out. He said, it's called franchising. And I, said, I immediately said to Michael, no one's ever done this before, martial arts. So and he said, that's exactly why you've got to go and do it. You've got to be a pioneer, not a follower. And that's what he believed in. Be a pioneer always. Don't be a follower. Mm. And he wrote down on a napkin all the things I had to do. Marketing, media, manipulation. Alter, put, everything's automated. Everything's um, manualized. And then brand create this MF, Matt Fidesz brand. Get yeah. on TV. And he was happy to give me a leg up with that anyway. But yeah, um Fame by awesome. association is, yeah. is true because yeah. Um, yeah, when everyone wanted to be my friend because of my my best friend was the biggest star in, in, in the world. Yeah. and it's still in a way like that now in some yeah. degree.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Everyone so do you know doing... roughly how many MF because there's MF Dance and then the MF martial arts yeah. clubs as well. How many of them roughly are across the UK now?
1: 1,576 martial arts. Dance is not so big. 78, I believe.
0: Okay. Yeah. And that's so, about to
1: grow really quick because we've are we done a, a deal with Boxer Sides, which is a massive brand. They're bigger than me. They've got 5,300 licensees. So we're going to open up in as many of them as we can. So okay. we awesome. took on, like, I believe, about 30 franchises from them this month. So we'll have another 2,000 uh, and now they're in 54 countries too. So we're, yeah.
0: Oh, globally yeah, now.
1: Yeah, not just Australia. I had Germany once, but I had a big multi-million pound offer and I took it and I sold that. But we're going to go back in all those countries with boxer size mm. now and and um, roll it all out everywhere again. So, yeah, it's it's the biggest of what it's been. But it's not just that. I, I built a big property portfolio. Today. I know people like to talk about it. Property's boring, don't they? But you won't find many media articles on me and my property success. But Yuri Geller was really, buy property. They won't be building any more lands. So from 18, I was buying houses up to like five a month. So I've got the biggest privately owned property portfolio in the southwest of England. Mm-hmm. And that's where my real money came from. So okay. building this brand, investing it in property. And um, I still just keep doing the same thing now over and over, yeah. and, over and over and over again. Yeah. And I teach people how to do it over and over again it's not that hard. What they miss out on is the power of the media. They need to be using the media. And Michael Mm -hmm. Jackson had that down. Mm. He knew how to manipulate the media, fool everyone. And um, I was in the room when he was planning his media strategies and stuff. And not just him, all the other people like Britney Spears and, and, and big stars, how they got on TV, their contact books. So, so yeah. And for me, that that's the big difference between having a personal brand and having a brand
0: yes and that brings me to the kardashian yeah so they've been fantastic at doing that they're so good at doing it um and obviously you were involved in quite a a high profile incident um with kim kardashian um which which gained a lot of global attention is sixty.
1: over 60 TV shows in 24 hours.
0: Yeah. Crazy. And that's what I was going to say, you know, how, you know, an event like that with, with someone that, you know, people say that she's got a, I know you talked about personal brand and saying it's not really personal brand, but, but you say Kardashians and everyone knows who they are. Um, but how did being associated with that also impact your brand and your business and, in terms of you kind of offering your expertise then as, as a body bodyguard and a self defense, um, um, uh, you know, consultant, um, did, yeah. did it have an impact on that and growing that, that side of the business yeah. as well? I, mean, I,
1: I, I made several million off the back of that and it was good for Kim and it was good for me. I mean, <laughs> he, I kind of advised her through the media, what, what went wrong? Mm. And she got rid of the bodyguard at the time. And um always very protective over what I said about Kim and stuff. We met many years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Through through um the Jacksons, they had a connection. I don't know her very well, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I was able to, having been with Michael and seeing all this stuff at the highest level, I could identify who was at fault. And um I was fighting her corner because she yeah. was getting slammed by everyone. It was yeah. wrong. It was not her fault, it's the bodyguards. Mm-hmm. Mm. you know so mm-hmm. yeah she she um at the end of the whole thing i had a little thank you note come through and stuff and she was very happy but yeah i i did well out of that i mean I all i did there was because i'm like the go-to person for celebrities or security bodyguard or crisis management whatever you want to call it i had it was TMZ first in America. Mm, yeah. Let's get hold of Matt that to see what he wants to think about this. And then it was quite late at night. It was at nine o'clock at night. So I agreed to TMZ, yeah, okay, what's going on? And then they told me what's happening. I gave my, then it went front page of TMZ, bang, straight away. And then from there, it just went Sky News and Piers Morgan. And, and then four or five in the morning, I must have had 15 of those TV vans on my driveway with the satellite dishes.
0: No but, way, it's like, like in the movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. like Yeah, actually my, my PR company, they were on stage recently at one of Rob Moore's events and she said at one stage, my wife called and said, this needs to stop soon, Matt's not slept for three days, you know. <laughs> but but what, how does that impact you? Wow, how it works. It's great for Kim because she's linked to a professional advisor who's linked to the biggest star in the world. She gets international coverage and I'm talking good of her. It's great for me because... Gets my brand out there, and then who would you pick, Danielle? The guy who's advising Kim Kardashian and and Michael Jackson and and Love Island people and Peter Andre and all the other people out there. Who, who would you pick? Those in the media, or someone who's just a local guy who's got no history?
0: Yeah, you're going your no to want your kids to Yeah,
1: people like show business. They're okay. So I gained lots of attention on me, millions and millions and millions if not over a billion all around the world those people they googled your name they land on your Facebook page they land on your Instagram and then they find they go and join your schools so I took on hundreds and hundreds well thousands of members which generated in the end millions from and I didn't have to react that night. I could have said I don't want to do the interview but then it went viral mainstream media's I've done it many times since not just with with Kim that's that's called um, news jacket basically in an ethical way. Yeah. It's a win-win for everyone. But I've done it many times since with people go on Love Island and they've got 100,000 followers. They come out, they've got two and a half million followers and everyone's recognising them. They can't cope with the trolling and the hating. And their agents reach out to me saying, Matt, can you help us? We've got somebody here who's suicidal. They need security. They need help. And I, I don't necessarily go down and stand by them, but I provide them with staff to, to help them for my team. But I talked them through. This is this is normal. This is you're gonna have to learn to deal with this. The trolls, mm-hmm. the haters—they're your lovers, really. Mm-hmm. Be careful what you post, because you'll get it in the media. Because I was experienced at the highest level, being around Mike, and um, don't get any bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And so they, they like the fact too that they link to me because they get UK coverage, but they also get coverage in America and Australia and Japan and everywhere because Michael Jackson was so international. So it's a win-win for everyone. And then what I gain from that the same sort of thing, traffic of people looking at me, watching what I do, Googling me. There you go. And then all my franchises get filled up with members. And um, I sell more franchises. I've got people who want to work with me, people who want to be me, you know, and you get endorsements and you get asked for TV shows. So yeah, it's, it's it can go wrong, wrong sometimes, but it's um that's the power of a brand.
0: Mm. And
1: um, recently, there was a story, it's not even a story, but it's one of my friends said, messaged me, Afterwards, what happened? I went into, in lockdown, I was supposed to, before I was supposed to move to Cyprus. So I got rid of all my supercars because we didn't want to transport too many cars to Cyprus. And we just had like a Range Rover or something. And uh I not had to drive anywhere, anyhow, basically. So I, I just thought, well, I want to have another supercar. I wanted a, a Lamborghini, Aventador, a special one, because they grew up in value. But I couldn't find it, a very rare so one day I just thought, what the hell? We did a long drive to Swindon. And I was in a tracksuit. I and, saw this. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I walked right past the receptionist. She didn't even greet me. And then into the showroom. And there's lots of Ferraris there. Nobody in there. The staff were yeah. doing nothing. And Monique just filmed my wife. You just filmed me just for a joke. And I said, yeah, well, no one's going to serve me. Look at the way I'm dressed, you know? And I just laughed not think anything of it after about 20 minutes when I mean, he went up to the up to the salesperson said listen my husband wants to buy a ferrari for me and for me I'm, and him i was going to buy two one for her and for me because uh, after what we went through lockdown and i wanted to reward her how hard she works too and then um we had one guy come over to us and and um showed us around the car and then the photographer there said you know who that is that's the guy from rich house price is that michael jackson he's worth millions and then I had another two people around me. It got too much in the end. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, how I, I left it, I went into the guy's office and I said to him, um, I want this Ferrari in this color. We didn't have the color I wanted. And I want, I'm want. i thinking about having another one for my wife. So, I'll email you. I walked out of there. It's on a Saturday afternoon. I did an event on the Sunday. And on the Monday morning, I was promoting my membership site, MF.Club. I think that's all you're in, right? I think that. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I thought, I want to put some content up to promote. MF.club, what can I what have I got? So I looked at my gallery and I saw this video and my me took me just going, oh no one's gonna serve me. And I thought oh, that's quite a good lesson. Don't prejudge people. Cause I was telling my team, you never know how much money people have got when they I walk know. in Just because mm-hmm. of how way they dress. And it might not have been the case. I don't really know to this day what the hell happened. The same it-
0: thing the same thing happened the day that you came to um multiple streams of business income. You were in your tracksuit and a lot of people <laughs> didn't know who you were. And you could see, like, you were on the stage and people looking at you and sort of going, oh, who's this guy? You could feel it in the room as yeah, well. That day, I remember I that. Mm.
1: I wasn't supposed to be on stage. I walked in,
0: <laughs> just on that <laughs> long seven-hour drive. And then
1: Rob's like, Matt, come on yeah. up. And then he just took the mick out of me the way I was dressed. But I when I travel, I want to be comfortable. I don't. I ain't going to dress up. It's not my thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But no, that's story. So what happened there? I uploaded upload a clip. And I just said, don't prejudge. Went to try and buy a Friday the other day. Whatever happened, I didn't get seen for twenty minutes, and, and um, didn't think of any of it. Press post, boom. Ten minutes later, front page on newspaper. Then it went Daily Mail, went everywhere. Express, viral. Was like wow, I didn't even realize. What they compared it to is like the Pretty Woman moment, you know?
0: Mm, yeah.
1: My friend messaged me, said you were all over the flipping news, regional, national. <laughs> international just because you didn't get served at ferrari he said that's the difference between me struggling as a personal brand and your brand power and then what happened then and I, I was dreading it is um i emailed them and they were a bit upset with me head of ferrari pr called me said, this is matt we got a crisis management here and i said what do you mean crisis you're all over the world ferrari is all over the world and just because they're linking matt fidesz millionaire michael jackson and ferrari together those brands it's it's a story i didn't realize it was going to be such a big thing i didn't think anything of it i couldn't even plan such a big event and even i said chill out man you're fine it's, it's not crisis you're, you're doing good out of this anyway in the end just by chance lamborghini called me up <laughs> a couple of months later saying matt we've got one so I, went, I said i'll have it and i bought it and i kept it quiet for about a month i tried to hide it i knew what was going to happen as so, you add that <laughs> to italian competitor isn't it and it's uh it's a kick it's stick it and then i honestly didn't intend for that to happen so i didn't put it on the instagram i said to my wife don't take any pictures of it or anything like that but with as you go where i live anyway it's quite a big thing so people tick-tocking it supercar channels it was getting everywhere and it was going to leak so me and my pr company constructed a post to get it out of the way control it on my instagram hit the button about three hours later, a bit longer than the last one, it went everywhere. Matt Fidesz buys a Lamborghini. There's no story. Snubs Ferrari, buys a Lamborghini. That's mm-hmm. the line they came up with. It's so not what yeah. I said, though. And then it made Fox News and America and everything. Yeah. Wow. And then in the end as well, I didn't go back to that Swindon garage again. Not because they wanted, because there's one more local. And I bought my wife a Ferrari. And I knew that was going to make press. I was just going to put it on the get it out of the way. And and it's... Uh, Matt snubs the other Ferrari garage and buys another Ferrari, and that's the difference between a brand and a personal brand. Is mm-hmm. that you can't buy that kind of publicity, that publicity is probably paid for that Lamborghini by now, you know. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's okay. a massive mainstream media is the hidden secret here. But it's only me who teaches it and talks about it. I think mm-hmm. everyone else just kind of thinks he's dying, and yeah, well, if he's dying, you go in, you buy it cheap. Media, media, you go on TV and radio stage. They, 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 they want guests right now, you know. And they need they, their stories. If you're on TV, you come off TV on every online tabloid there is.
0: Okay. Because
1: they're watching it in their newsrooms, you know, and they're they're, they're noting down the story. So,
0: powerful. very powerful, massive.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. neglected. It's neglected.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um. So before we before we start to wrap up, I just wanted to ask you. What advice you'd give to anyone? Okay, so obviously you've got a multi-million pound international martial arts franchise now. And I know that there'll be people listening and and I was having a conversation with someone recently, actually, in, in, in my networking group. You know, they were talking about wanting to franchise. Someone else was talking about wanting to franchise their business and, and often they don't know where to start. So what advice would you give to people like that? About, um, you know, they where got, to start they, and what, what strategies they should use.
1: We, we all, everywhere I go, Danny, I, always, I get asked about, when are you going to do the franchise course? When are you going to do a franchise course? Because <laughs> you know? that's, that's what I'm known. So I talk to franchise dance, martial arts, property, HMOs, bird tables. I franchise pretty much everything. So bird find,
0: tables?
1: Yeah, yeah. they the so I'm listening. They go out and they're um, with the um, birds of prey to keep away pigeons and stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so the company's done that. So it so,
0: stops like, pigeons. Yeah. Oh, I so need if, one if, of them in if, my garden.
1: <laughs> if you go to yeah, they're terrified of it. So if you go to like train stations like uh, Paddington, for instance, you'll find mm. somebody with uh, a Harris Hawk there, mm. and they, they let it fly around and it chases up the pigeons out of oh. them and they get trapped and stuff. Right. So
0: okay.
1: that's quite a big business, that one. Dog walking, so everything. So i i believe like i said earlier on you've got to do things ethically so uh, uh, get yourself if your business is already making money you've got at least three to five years of profitable accounts a pilot then it makes sense to take that business and do it over and over and over and over and over again what people look for they go wrong in business they look for the next shiny object all the time next shiny object Next shiny object so you need that that pilot first once you've got that then you can take that and you can manualize everything. And so whenever you go to a, a, the place, everyone speaks the same language, you know, the same scripts, the same services there. Like if you go to any of my schools, it's the same curriculum, same class concept, the way they're greeted, it's all the same. And they're all wearing the right branded stuff. And you can scale it now around the world. It's easier than it's ever been now with Zoom and internet and everything else that we have. I've been doing this 27 years, so I don't know any different you know and last year we won a lot of awards we won entrepreneur of the year award and, and Franchiser of the year award 2022 so it's it's something i'm really passionate about i do believe though if you if you want to make it you need to you need to have social proof because when people go and buy a franchise of you there'll there'll be law, lawyers involved because it's a quite a big agreement it's 40 pages long and they will they will ask you for um, your bank they should ask you anyway if you profit and loss accounts the last five years. And also they will Google you and you, they want to see that you've been, they look good if you're in a daily mail and you're in there, you've been on GB news, you've been on this TV show. So you've got social proof that make your life a lot easier to sell franchises at scale. So, so have a successful pilot, get everything scripted. You're going you to have to go on a course to learn all that. I know you are. I mean, it's not something you can just make up yourself. And we will launch that at some stage and then get in the media. And get that done. I've just launched that. We've got our first online three day event one in September where we me and my PR company are taking people through a three day masterclass on how because people spend five to six thousand pounds on these PR companies, they don't do nothing for you. How they can leverage mainstream media to build a brand and or to make their podcast stand out from everyone else's. So me and my um my my media girl Becky. She wrote the course along with me, so they get access to my contact book and her. We spent three days intensive with people on a Zoom, like a masterclass, so people can access any – because the principles work wherever you are in the world, so they can go out there and smash it. And um, it did really well. The last event we did with Rob, the Moneymaker Summit, we we did – we got 11 on it. one with Jess and James, we had 17 on it, and it's not until September. So there's a big market out there. There's no one else teaching this stuff. No. It's all personal brand social media. Yeah, what happens if you get deplatformed for Facebook? you're screwed. Yes, very good
0: point.
1: You need to be out there. People need to be contacting you, not you going after them. So I get approached every day: podcasts, interviews, TV. I'm not asking them because I've got a brand now. I'm the go-to person for whatever subject it may be, and that's that's where people need to position themselves. I think that's the best advice. I've just been teaching that the weekend before last in Peterborough, Rob Moore's Moneymaker Summit. and this, mm. I did a whole three hours on that concept. Mainstream media is dying take advantage of it. That's my advice to people.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's flown by. Um, and, yeah. I yeah, do uh... short-form
1: content with me. It don't work, <laughs> <proportion>. <laughs> I need one podcast. It's like three hours flipping long. I don't have anyone listened to it. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um yeah, that's what what a what a story. Fantastic, super inspiring. Um yeah, loved it. And thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm wow. sure everyone listening is gonna take lots, lots of nuggets, lots of inspiration, lots of advice there. So appreciate your time. it. With,
1: I like to give back Danielle. with mm. um I'm very passionate about how helping entrepreneurs get real advice and not the so many fake gurus out there, and they're ripping people off. I don't need any more money. I'm in that privileged position. I was already a millionaire; didn't need money. Until I was 22. So,
0: mm.
1: for me now, I kind of I, I'm really enjoying helping people and um, and and turn their life around. So, we're going to be holding some live meetups at my houses. So if any of your listeners listen, if they contact you, you know how to navigate them into that anyway. Yeah. And yeah, and there's going to be no upsells or any of the other stuff. It's just going to be literally come down, content-based day. We're going to have some advisors and property, social media, marketing. And it's, it's going to be great. We've got, to, we've got some great people coming down. and Yeah, so I want to try and give back out there while, while the world's in a bit of a mess. You know, the interest yeah. rates have been the highest they've ever been at the moment, current time. Rents are going up. And business owners don't know what to do. When it's more millionaires and billionaires are created in this situation, but you've got to know what to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So... Um, for me it's a bit of a passion thing but yeah if any of your listeners want to come on down they're more than welcome you contact danny out however they reach you or whatever then uh
0: yeah absolutely yeah um thank you for that um i appreciate it i'm sure everyone listening will as well and um we'll get them added to the show notes and yeah if anyone wants wants to know more just reach out to me or if anyone wants to find you matt and follow you what's the best way for them to do it
1: all my socials, everything—they just go to www.mf.club, C-L-U-B, and then on there you've got everything there, and all my socials: my Instagram, my Facebook, and it is me. If you DM me, I will see it. I, I have VAs working, but I do look at everything and yeah, everything. So awesome. you've so you got hold of me, Danny. I guess somehow. So
0: yeah, yeah. Rob Moore—it's Rob Moore's fault.
1: Did <laughs> Rob help you with this one? Yeah, you know, I guess he did. Yeah.
0: Yeah that that summit when you turned up in as in his words in your pajamas
1: in my pajamas
0: yeah that was that was how i was like oh okay yeah (laughs) thank you so much thanks matt appreciate it thank you awesome see ya bye thank you for listening to build better brands i am so grateful to have you tune in into the show and I'd love to thank you personally. So wherever you are in the world, remember to tag at Danielle Clark Creative in your social media posts and stories. Let us know when you're listening. You want to know what you've enjoyed about the show and give you a to. And if you would like to help more people like you discover the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It's going to help us rank higher and reach more listeners. It's also a great way for us to help you with the problems your brand might be facing. Suggest a topic in your review and we might feature it and you in one of our episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.